0: GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. It's very warm for this time of the year. I don't know if you've managed to stay cool today. Maybe you went for a swim or maybe air conditioning came to your rescue. But we heard about the importance of making sure that we drink enough when it's so hot. We discussed the do's and don'ts during a heat wave with Chris Burton of the Met Office, Dr. Nishant Joshi of the Health Authority and Dr. Awantha Desanayake of the University of Gibraltar. But first, it's possible that the McGrail inquiry could be impacted by the general election. This was raised at the fourth preliminary hearing this morning. The Chief Minister's Legal Counsel, Sir Peter Caruana, said Fabian Picardo has asked him to mention that the main hearings could straddle an election campaign later this year. Sir Peter will make representations on behalf of Mr Picardo and the government on the appropriateness of this. And the inquiry into the circumstances of the retirement of the former police commissioner will be broadcast on GBC after an application by the corporation was allowed by the inquiry chairman. The conditions are yet to be defined, as we heard from the person who made the application on behalf of GBC, its CEO, James Nish.
1: Uh, Jonathan, thank you very much. Uh, Good afternoon of course. Uh, Very, very pleased uh, that uh, the judge has accepted our submissions. Uh, Important to point out that at this morning's uh, preliminary hearing there were no objections from any of the parties to the submissions which were sent by GBC. We first made an application back in October, uh, very early on. You may remember I took up post on the 3rd of October and I filed a submission because just as a way of background I think it's important to point out that there was a Ruling by uh, the judge on this in August 2022 when live streaming of the proceedings were not going to be allowed. And at the time, um, the judge did say that a section of the UK Inquiries Act prohibits broadcasting except at the request or with the permission of the chairman. And in that ruling, he said, I accept that the usual procedure in the UK is now that inquiries are live-streamed. I accept that live-streaming can, as the House of Commons website puts it, provide transparency, public accountability and catharsis. And he even accepted that there's in the UK now effectively a presumption of live streaming. However... He ruled against live streaming, as I say, in August 2022, because he said it was unlikely that any broadcaster would want to show the whole of the proceedings, which would therefore mean a risk that only unrepresentative titbits of the inquiry's hearings would be broadcast on television, and that would not further the aims of open justice. Indeed, it may serve to damage confidence in the process rather than enhance it. So we've come along, we've made submissions, and we've said, look in the interest of open justice, in the interest of transparency. What we are after as a public service broadcaster is giving our viewers and our listeners an unfiltered version of the inquiry in full. And we've said we will carry the inquiry in full on our channel. This morning, Sir Peter Openshaw has said... I recognise, as many in Gibraltar, the high public interest in the inquiry. The principle of open justice is furthered by live streaming, saying it's important that what uh, is said and done in the inquiry can be seen and heard by the public. And he stated that the importance of public confidence in the inquiry is so important. He referred to the constructive representations made by GBC, which means he's been persuaded that concerns can be addressed to allow live broadcasting. There's a lot of work to be done on the exact details, Jonathan, but uh, the ruling from uh, the judge this morning... Uh, that he's persuaded that concerns can be addressed to allow live broadcasting.
0: So we don't know, for example, if there will be a, a short delay between the, the actual um, words said at the inquiry and them then being
1: broadcast. Uh, that there could be a, a delay of a few minutes, for example. Yeah, I don't want to preempt anything that might be in this draft protocol. Uh, you, you were in uh, the inquiry room at the Garrison Library this morning. We heard the counsel for the inquiry, Julian Santos, actually saying that they're hoping to have a, a draft protocol in 14 days. GBC will be able to provide input before that, that is finalised. But he did refer to some, a part of our submissions, which were notes from the Manchester Arena Inquiry, because one of the things that we tried to do, um, Jonathan, is we wanted to assist the inquiry. So we wanted to make the submissions, we wanted to make the request, but we also wanted to be helpful. So we sent in some notes on the use of live streaming at the Manchester Arena Inquiry. And and that perhaps may form the basis for the draft protocol. Uh, you know, that there are a lot of of rules and of course uh, things that need to be observed just as as an example, for example, you mentioned a, a slight delay in the broadcast of live stream, and only using the Manchester Arena inquiry because that's the example mm-hmm. that's been referred to uh, um, this morning and which we submitted as part of our submissions. And you know the purpose of the delay in that inquiry was to ensure that the broadcast is stopped before any sensitive information sh- that should not be transmitted. So, so the judge would have that power if there is, for example, a three to five minute delay uh, to stop proceedings uh, and. Those notes also address what happens with certain witnesses, for example, vulnerable witnesses, or should there be any other reason to stop the inquiry. Like I say, a lot of work to be done, but I think uh, in the interest of open justice and transparency, we're very pleased that as a public service broadcaster we've been able to achieve this for our viewers and listeners.
0: Excellent. So if you're just catching up with us on Gibraltar today, you're listening to the voice of James Nish, the chief executive of GBC, uh, who made an application to the inquiry into the circumstances of the retirement of the former police commissioner, Ian McGrail, and the application has been accepted in principle by the retired judge overseeing the inquiry, Sir Peter Openshaw. Uh, so it means that GBC will be able to broadcast that inquiry later this year, uh, subject to some conditions which will be defined in the coming days.
1: Indeed. And I think over the next 14 days, there'll be a lot of work. Uh, We will work closely with the inquiry. Uh, You know, I think it's in everybody's interest uh, for all parties. You know, one of the things, like like I mentioned at the beginning, was that the judge had original concerns, you know, that uh, it has to be fair to all sides. So we need to show and reflect what everybody is saying fairly. And therefore, that's why we want to carry it in full barring any exceptions with, for example, vulnerable witnesses or where the judge may deem that there may be a national security issue, for example, where well then those are issues that need to be looked into. So thank you
0: for joining us, James. I'm not sure if there's anything else you wanted to touch upon? That's fine. If you don't want anything else, Jonathan, I'm Uh, happy with uh, that. Thank you very much. I could speak to you all day, (laughs) but uh, there are sensitivities,
1: I suppose, surrounding Thank you, and and, and I think we'll, we'll know more closer to the day, or at least in the next few weeks.
0: On Radio Gibraltar, and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today, with Jonathan Scott. We are in the middle of a heat wave. And uh, we're going to talk about that now with our three guests. Good afternoon and welcome to Broadcasting House. To Chris Burton of uh, the Met Office. Thank you for, for joining us, Chris. Uh, thank you to uh, Dr Nishant Joshi of the Health Authority. And uh, good afternoon also to Dr Awantha De Sanayake of the University of Gibraltar. Uh, gents, you've just walked in. How hot is it outside and how unusually hot is it? Don't know if you want to start as a meteorologist. Uh, Well,
2: I've uh, walked all the way from the airport, and it was uh, uncomfortable. You've walked from the airport, brave man. And it was uh, an uncomfortable walk. Uh, I had to stop a few times and get some water, uh, and just uh, dry off a little bit. You know, a bit sweaty.
0: I can imagine. (laughs) Well, we don't blame you for it. It would be unnatural not to. Your body
2: would overheat. Definitely definitely uh, so so uncharacteristically hot no right, chris yeah so we've had uh, 34 degrees already today uh but that sea breeze has actually just started to kick in so that's taken a bit of the edge off the temperatures it's about 31 now but uh, still very humid and that's really important uh, when we've got these hot weather uh, conditions it's not just the actual temperature if the humidity is high as well which we we often get in gibraltar that can have a huge effect on how it feels to us as
3: humans
0: well, let's bring in our, our GP, Dr. Nishan Joshi. Um, why is humidity important to, to talk about when we're talking about this heat wave?
3: Good afternoon, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Uh, Humidity is really important because ultimately it affects what we describe as heat exhaustion. So when there is a high relative humidity in our atmosphere, what happens is that we lose the ability to sweat optimally. So that means that what we describe as our thermoregulation, so our ability to regulate our own body temperature, kind of gets a bit messed up essentially and we start to melt a little bit and that's when we start to get what we describe as heat exhaustion because we can't sweat as uh, as as we should be able to optimally okay
0: so sweating is the way that the body cools us down yeah um, and and the humidity makes it harder for us to to cool ourselves down so um most important thing to say then is uh, how do we minimize the risk of this becoming a significant health concern and, and, and who needs to, you know, should older people in particular or anybody who's, you know, maybe doing physical work in the heat, should they in particular um, heed your advice?
3: Absolutely. So we'd always focus on, on our vulnerable population, so in particular those who are elderly, the youngest uh, of us as well, and those, as, as you correctly said, those who are doing um, work out in the open air during uh, during the, the the hours where the sun is at its, its most severe as well. I think my take-home message is that we all need to respect the sun regardless of, of age, though, um, because already I've seen a few patients who come in with basically what is described as heat exhaustion with sunburn as well and I think we're, we're just not taking basic precautions which are quite easy to do and so in terms of basic precautions as I said respect the sun so we can try and stay out of the sun or try and stick to shaded areas during the time where the sun is most severe so typically that would be between the hours of about 12 and 3 o'clock obviously it will vary from day to day as well. The good thing is in Gibraltar although it is quite built up there are lots and lots of shaded areas as well so we know that the temperature differential according to to studies from around the world in built-up areas. Um, under underneath trees and canopy linings in built-up cities, uh, we know the temperature d- uh, can be about six or seven degrees cooler than than just being exposed out in, in the sun, um, out in the concrete really. And so uh, we also need to take regular breaks. If for, if for example, if you are walking long distances, even from the airport to for, to, to here today can seem a, a lot longer than, than it usually is. I'm sure. <laughs> so uh, it's a
0: decent walk at the best of yeah. times. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but
3: but yeah, you've been very brave, Chris. So we need to make sure we take regular breaks in the shade and always carry a bottle of, of cool water with you as well so just sensible precautions like that and obviously to to ward off the risk of, of sunburn as well we need to make sure that we we're sensible with our sun cream.
0: Okay did we get you some water upon your arrival Chris or do you want to? Oh stay? yes I've had uh, a whole yeah. jug full already. Okay so before we move too far away uh, from from the points that Dr Joshi has just mentioned um, ca- can I ask you I mean so, so spend some time in the shade, in particular between 12 and 3 o'clock. Um, and, and you mentioned concrete and it got me thinking about a story that we ran just a few days ago about how hot the concrete that is in the sun can get uh, and how uh, this can be dangerous for pets but I suppose uh, the same would uh, apply uh, maybe or at least to, to, to a lesser extent because we'd, they'd be wearing shoes but if, the, if somebody's doing manual labour I- in the sun uh, the concrete will I suppose make them feel even hotter than, than the average person might.
3: Absolutely and that's why I think we really need to be be sensible about taking precautions as, as well with uh, especially manual laborers who are working out on the Sun we do have a lot of roadworks and building works in Gibraltar so I think I would encourage anybody who's feeling that they are a bit overexposed in the Sun to, to always make sure you're taking sensible precautions make sure you're peeing plenty I think that's that's one really really important thing uh, a lot of patients come to me and and say how much should I be drinking well it varies from person to person varies from from age to age and depending on your own health conditions but certainly if you're a laborer working out in the sun, you need to be making sure that you're passing plenty of urine d- during the day, you need to be making sure that your urine isn't particularly concentrated. Um, that would be the main barometer to make sure that you're peeing plenty.
0: That, that, that would make sure that uh, if you're drinking enough, then then your, your, your pee shouldn't be
3: too concentrated. Exactly, and we need to make sure we're warding off the, the risks of heat exhaustion and, and dehydration, and those are the two things that manual labourers are most susceptible to.
0: Uh, sorry if I'm asking you to repeat yourself but ha- have we has the GHA already seen uh, in recent days which we have seen um, uh, already the temperature sort of climbing and shooting above 30, uh, uh, an increase in the sort of symptoms that you've described of heat exhaustion?
3: Anecdotally certainly I mean even just uh, yesterday I, I've seen patients with, with sunburn, um, I've seen patients who, who are complaining of just non-specific fatigue and, and dizziness which I've been able to attribute to spending more time out in the sun as well, so I'm certainly seeing a a couple of those just uh, danger signs saying that we just need to be making basic precautions. Nothing terribly dramatic, nothing terribly difficult. We just need to be sensible and as I said, we need to respect the sun.
0: And part of that would be wearing uh, sunscreen for the time that you are in the sun. You've said spend some of the hottest hours of the day in in the shade, but some of it would also be wearing sunscreen when you are in the sun.
3: Oh, absolutely. So, obviously, lots of people like to spend time at the beach uh, right now and out fishing and on the boats and things. That's absolutely fine, but we need to make sure that we are all wearing sunscreen if we are exposing ourselves to to the sun. And that doesn't matter if if you're just going swimming and you think you're going to be spending time underwater we have already seen a couple of patients who've, who've been in swimming pools outdoors and, and spending time in the ocean, but they haven't uh, slathered on the, the sunscreen. And they've, they've suffered from, from quite nasty sunburn, unfortunately.
0: Okay, well, um, I want to speak to Chris about the forecast for the coming days, uh, but first let's bring in Dr. Awanta de Sanayake, who heads the uh, Marine and Environmental Sciences team at the University of Gibraltar. Um, w- what can you tell us uh, uh, about, um, you know, sort of how this heat wave interplays with, um, with, with your um, studies of climate change and the reasons for you looking into climate change? Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, yeah I mean
4: climate change is a phenomenon that it's very apparent and its you know globally having an effect, uh, particularly you know in the recent days with the recent heat wave Cerberus I think they've they've named it, and we have the next one called Sharon. I'm sure Chris can can correct me on that one, but we've seen you know the records have been tumbling around the world um you know north East, East Atlantic Bay of biscay um China have re- recently broken their records Rome, and you know these extreme heat events are you know now becoming our new normal we've heard that phrase you know during covid but certainly in terms of climate change this is our new normal
0: yeah and it's uh there was a scary sort of thought um by uh, one of the nasa scientists yesterday that this will be the coolest summer for the rest of our lives uh which didn't make me feel any cooler but uh, <laughs> but uh, you, you get the point that climate change is here to to stay and is going to have an increasing impact on on our weather systems we're quite lucky in the radio gibraltar studios because we've got um air conditioning uh, which um takes the edge off it for sure but um I, I have been outside today i did cycle to work and it was um fairly hot it must be said. Uh, I hope you're managing to stay cool. Perhaps you've uh, gone for a swim. We'd uh, we'd love to know what you're up to. We're on 266 200 uh, or you could send us an email to studio at gbc.gi and uh, we have had some comments um, from our listeners which we'll get to in just a moment but let's uh, first welcome back uh, our, our, two of our guests who have been able to stay with us. Chris Burton of the Met Office and uh, Dr. Awantha Disanoyaki of the University of Gibraltar. Um, so, so we've heard a little bit about, um, uh, you know, the, the, from Dr. Joshi uh, about how to um, minimize the risk to ourselves uh, during um, uh, these hot afternoons uh, when there is a, a risk of heat. Uh, exhaustion um and 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 we were just talking before the break uh, dr uh, de sanayake about uh, the fact that uh, this has become the new normal uh, uh, so so tell us a little bit about you know the the bigger picture if you zoom out we're looking at some hot days but if you zoom out the the world is getting hotter We're we're in a climate emergency no?
4: we certainly are uh, the the climate crisis is real and and what we're seeing is so there's a like one thing i'd like to uh, talk about in particular is the El Nino Southern Oscillation, you know, and that has a massive impact in terms of effects around the globe, certainly in the Northeast Atlantic Atlantic, where we're seeing the Northeast Atlantic Oscillation. And if I may use the analogy where you've got a little boy and a girl on a seesaw at the fulcrum, and that's the normal oscillation. With climate change, you're making that oscillation even greater. So we're seeing these extreme heat events. And and what we're seeing in particular are marine heatwaves, which is analogous to heatwaves on land. And we're certainly seeing there's very good evidence of impacts in the, in the marine coastal areas, so kelp, for example, are declining, and soft corals that we have here in Gibraltar, And there's a, very, a good group in Barcelona um, that are looking at the health of these corals, as we have done here, and seeing very, very strong impacts on... And these corals are dying out, and they're slow-growing organisms.
0: OK, so, so this is uh, scientific evidence of, of the impact of climate change on, on, on our marine life uh, and, and, and not a, a positive no. uh, uh, impact. Um, a few thoughts. Uh, you, you use the, the, the seesaw analogy. So basically, uh, in the analogy that those weather patterns uh, are a boy and a girl on a seesaw, uh, th- th- there is more violent sort of bumping at the top of the seesaw and, and when you're coming down you're also thudding at the bottom. Correct, exactly
4: right. So the, this kind of oscillation event is natural, but we, through anthropogenic forcing and climate change, we're making the, that oscillation even greater, which is why, um, so we've just, we're in the El Niño uh, period now, I mean, we've had three years of La Niña, which doesn't mean cooling, it doesn't mean as rapid warming, and certainly there was, I think, over 61,000 deaths in Europe last summer, and that was La Niña La Nina year, and this year is El Niño year, so we're... They're forecasting very, very, stronger impacts of heat weather events. Uh, and we're, we're not even at the end of summer yet. We're still mid-July. So the, and it's forecast to be, you know, August, September, the re- when El Nino really rears its ugly head.
0: OK, um, there's a question from Stephen. Thank you for joining the conversation, Stephen, uh, who thinks that the climate will do what it's done for thousands of years with or without humans. Some years it'll be hot and some years will be colder. And it's called the weather. Uh, that 's stephen uh, what would you say to to that comment um uh, chris or, or or Dr Desanayake?
2: Yeah, the weather changes. We, you know, some days are warmer, some days are colder. Uh, but what we're doing with climate change is that average that we have, where we go, you know, it's two degrees warmer today or two degrees colder tomorrow. That average is changing every year, and it's going up. It's only going one way; it's going up. And I've, I've said this to uh, to you before, haven't I, Jonathan, on the show? I've come in here and speaking spoken to you a lot about um, records being broken locally in Gibraltar. I've never come in in this room and talked about, oh, we've had the coldest month on record or the lowest. Ever temperature recorded, it's always because we've had uh, a high temperature record broken. And in fact, this month we're on course to have the warmest July on record. It obviously depends what happens in the next ten to twelve days or so. But we are currently two degrees over that average that we've seen over the longer term, uh, and that, that just says it all, really. But well, I suppose it is
0: theoretically possible that we could also have the coldest day ever, because we, we call it climate change. Originally it was global warming, and, and, and climate change also, the, the, the change in the name, is partly because what is happening is that we are increasing how unpredictable our, our weather can be so. It could be that we we, we shoot down more than
2: than, than we're used to. No? Of course, and that's uh, that's possible. Cold record temperature, cold temperature records, are still being broken across the world uh, every year. But that's a very small amount compared to all the heat records, that are bro- the high temperature records that are broken uh, around the world as well.
0: Yeah, sure. So, so, so the the direction of travel is is clear. I mean, there's a consensus among the world's scientists that uh, that there is a, an element of the heating, which is uh, caused by human activity. I don't yeah. know if you, if you want to sort of just recap some of those main points. Yeah,
4: absolutely. Um, when we, what we teach at the university is um, I'm a very big advocate of science communication. If you, if you just Google show your stripes, it is a, a, a kind of an initiative led by Professor Ed Hawkins at the University of Reading, and he, this, he's done a very nice graph and he's, um, where it shows, as Chris was saying, the direction of travel. And you can see just year on year records being broken. And the av- global average is just showing that the temperature is increasing. So uh, yeah, I urge the, your listeners to look at just Google,
0: show your stripes. OK, that might be one for Justin, who said it's summer. Every year is the same. Um, and uh, there's, a, there's a comment by Derek who says that he lives uh, in Gibraltar and can feel the heat during the day and also at night. How much how much respite, how much difference is there uh, at nighttime, time, Chris, and, and is it enough?
2: And I think that's the biggest problem uh, with heat waves is the fact that the temperature doesn't fall that much at night and humans don't have a, enough respite overnight to get enough sleep and, and cool down before the heat then rises again uh, during the day. Here in Gibraltar, the temperature didn't drop below 25 degrees last night, which is still very high, uh, and it should be closer to 20 or 21 so uh you know still very warm, um, and that then just allows the next day to get even hotter, and it just builds day after day after day.
0: So, so yeah, so when you have this sort of heat wave, it, it progressively
2: it's, it's more likely to be hotter and hotter day on day, exactly. And that's what we're seeing acro- across the world. The weather is stuck at the moment in the northern hemisphere, there's high pressure over the US, there's high pressure over the Mediterranean, there's one over uh, Central Asia, uh, and we're sort of stuck in a, a bit of a traffic jam in the atmosphere at the moment, which means they aren't moving like they would normally do. And with the the, the strong sunshine that we get at this time of year, you're just adding a bit of heat every day, every day, and it just steps up and steps up without allowing cooler air to circulate in and and, and drop those temperatures back down.
0: So if there isn't enough time for things to cool down, the sea, the, the, the concrete, then you start the day with, with, a, with a higher baseline.
2: Exactly, and, and, and as we've discussed, we've got a, a marine heatwave ongoing uh, across uh, much of uh, North Atlantic and the Mediterranean. Temperatures in the Med uh, around us are two or three degrees warmer than they should be at this time of year, uh, and that's just adding extra heat to the atmosphere and, and, and allowing these heatwave conditions to persist.
0: Okay, well, we've had a a comment on the sea, which I think is from, well, it is from Wilfred, but I think that I'm pretty sure he was a meteorologist uh, himself. Uh, Wilfred says, we're very lucky to have cold water uh, upwelling or upswelling uh, just south of Europa Point, which makes our local sea breezes extra cool compared to other places uh, along the coast to the west and east of Gibraltar. Uh, So that's just to the south of you and your office. I don't know (laughs) if either of you want to comment on that.
2: Yes. yes sorry so um yeah we've got a huge the huge rock of gibraltar as the wind blows either west or east over that rock it pushes the sea away from it on on the the lee side of it and that then allows cooler water from below to upwell uh, and come to the surface um that's one of the reasons why those sea breezes are a bit cooler it's also one of the reasons why we tend to get quite a lot of fog particularly in the levante because that cools down that humid air and, and produces that low cloud and fog we often see in an easterly okay.
4: yeah and that's, the, I mean, to be honest, that's the only thing that saves us at the mouth of the Mediterranean, this cool Atlantic breeze. I mean, you just have to go further up the coast, Alicante, Val- Valencia, Barcelona. The, the heat you know, is certainly a five, six degrees warmer than it, than it is here. But that's the only thing that saves us, you know, that
0: Atlantic breeze. Oh, thank goodness. Huh? Absolutely. <laughs> um, right, well, we're talking about the heat wave, and um, beachgoers are being encouraged to to make sure that you stay well hydrated, that's good advice for everybody. But if you're going to the beach, you can top up your water bottle at the lifeguard post. Uh, just keep that in mind, that you want to make sure you drink enough. We heard Dr Joshi of the Health Authority uh, tell us earlier that really you want to be checking your pee and make sure that it's not too concentrated. And, and and that would be a good indication of whether you're drinking enough. But the beach strikes me as being a good place to be if you can uh, today, but um, let's hear what our uh, reporter Katie Docker, um, what what you told her when she went down to Camp Bay to see how you are faring with the heat.
3: I'm very concerned about climate change. It's horrendous. And uh, everyone knows about it. Everyone knows that it there, but not enough people know just how bad it is. It's all happened because we've let it happen since World War II, where we've not taken any interest in it. If you all work together with common sense, you will only solve it in the next generation.
1: I'm young, and the world is going to affect me, and we got to do something about it.
2: It's getting from bad to worse. Uh, as regards to the, the heat, we can cope with the beach. It's the only thing we can do.
5: It's really hot today.
0: Thank you. Uh, if you spoke to Katie Docker and our cameraman uh, when we visited uh, Camp Bay, uh, we also had a, a few more comments uh, and questions coming in. We're talking about the heat wave live on Radio Gibraltar and also on GBC television for a few more minutes with Chris Burton of the Met Office and also Dr. Awantha Disanoyaki of the University uh, of Gibraltar. Got a question from Douglas. Uh, he says, Yes, it is hot. But have we broken records, um, uh, which he thinks is in the low 40s for Gibraltar? So I don't know if, if you've got that information to hand. Chris. No, so we've not
2: broken uh, the, the, the max temperature record ever recorded in Gibraltar. It was uh, 40.6 or 40.8, I can't remember exactly, but it, we're, we're nowhere near that level uh, and we won't be over the next few days. Uh, but like I have said, we, we're, we're getting towards the point where we might see the average temperature through July Uh, to be a record uh, in Gibraltar, depending on what happens over the next few days.
0: So so there's a possibility then that uh, we'd we'd
2: be looking at the hottest July ever? It's possible, and we're obviously keeping an eye on the, the data as we go through the month.
0: Okay, and uh, the second part of... uh, or or There's there's a question by Frank who asks,
2: how long have we kept records? Uh, So uh, the Met Office has kept records uh, at uh, the airport. That's where the main weather station is in Gibraltar since 1947. Uh, There have been weather stations in Gibraltar that have gone back a lot longer than that, but because they've been in different parts uh, of the rock over that time, uh, it's hard to sort of make comparisons. As we know, the the weather is very variable around the rock, depending on which side you are and which way the wind's blowing. So... uh, um, that the main records are from 1947. The main records start from 1947 and have been kept consistently since? Exactly, yes.
0: OK. Um, there's uh, also a suggestion from Douglas that um, th- that next time the bus service is a cool and efficient service that could bring you up from the runway. Yes, that, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, I think it was very brave of you to have walked up, and, and I, I, I've, I've got a pedometer on my watch, and I like to keep track of my steps, and I try, like to make sure that I uh, get my steps in as well. <laughs> so sometimes you've just got to push through, haven't you? Um, uh, right, OK, let's, uh, let's ask Dr. Disanayake about um, uh, the students at the University of Gibraltar who are, are studying um, marine science and climate change, and, and, and what sort of things are they looking at? Well, this year
4: we've had uh, students from all all over the world, um, America, Switzerland, Germany. um, We've got students, in fact, doing their projects all over the world this year as well. Uh, we've got Yula, who's actually in Mozambique, uh, and she's looking at the, the behaviour of uh, reef mantas in Mozambique and their visitations, and so she's pushing the boundaries of science there, trying to describe what a cleaning station is. Uh, yeah, really interesting work on behaviour there. We've got uh, uh, another student, Rochelle, who's in Tenerife, looking at uh, diver behaviour and impacts on seagrass itself. Uh, we had, just had Tegan, who was in Belize, and looking at the impacts of marine debris from currents. Um, in a kind of little island there in Belize. So that's really interesting work. Um, so a whole range of topics. Everything's on our webpage from, and we do very new stuff at the university, um, from, you know, the biology of organisms all the way up to marine protected areas, marine policy, uh, and and underwater noise, uh, which is a recent um, kind of addition. And we work very closely with our colleagues at the Department of Environment, you know, very much a, a working partnership, and to deliver kind of conservation grains on the ground for Gibraltar.
0: I remember speaking to some of your students uh, a few months back about uh, octopus as well, uh, dolphins... Uh, the impact of fishing, uh, tuna fishing, on on the availability of different species in Gibraltar. Uh, so some very interesting work uh, being done, and and clearly then climate change uh, and the um, you know our understanding of our sea is something that uh, that that is very important for the university, and you're spending a lot of time on not just in Gibraltar. How exciting that students can you know, do the tutoring through the university but be placed in, in different exotic locations around the world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, we're getting ever popular.
4: Uh, we're getting our name out there and, uh, you know, we're seeing more editions of, of students and their countries on our on our flag. And, and it's not just for the marine programme, but every programme at the university.
0: Good stuff. Right. Um, Speaking of uh, exotic locations, Gibraltarian GP Uh, Carl Alvarez is undertaking an extreme running challenge across five different countries for charity and has recently himself suffered from some extreme dehydration while racing through the Peruvian Amazon. He's currently in a remote location up in the mountains of Kyrgyzstan, but he had this to share with us.
5: I just wanted to reinforce at this time the importance of hydration to prevent dehydration. I have experienced dehydration myself fairly recently when I was uh, in the Amazon jungle uh, running my last race and I can tell you that uh, it is not a very nice experience. Some symptoms uh, that you might not be aware of of dehydration which would suggest that you need to be drinking more would include things like feeling quite tired and lethargic, obviously having quite a dry mouth, and you will probably notice that you haven't passed urine uh, in a while. Other things will also include headache, rapid pulse, and in extreme cases, you can even pass out. So it's really, really, really important, guys, uh, to keep drinking. Keep yourself healthy and uh, be able to continue to enjoy uh, the good weather and the sunshine.
0: Some advice there from Gibraltarian GP. Carl Alvarez uh, really sort of reinforcing some of the points that uh, Dr uh, Nishant Joshi uh, brought us earlier about drinking and how you can monitor and make sure that you've drunk enough Um, so before we bring uh, the conversation to a close uh, let me ask Chris Burton of the the Met Office um, just to to look ahead
2: for the next few days if you don't mind and and tell us what we can expect so actually locally we have probably seen the peak of the heat wave here in Gibraltar uh, the the big area of of hot air that's come up from Africa to affect the Mediterranean, it's just going to slowly transfer its way eastwards over the next few days to affect more more like Italy and Greece and and Turkey so here locally we'll start to see those temperatures gradually uh, fall back a little bit closer to normal Uh, so uh, for tomorrow another uh, sort of Poniente day, westerly with plenty of sunshine but with a high temperature more likely to be 30 or maybe even 31 so a few degrees down on what it is today and then as we go into the weekend uh, sorry Friday will be a similar day to Thursday, as well, with temperatures around 29 or 30, and then back to Levante probably for the weekend for a couple of days. So, more in the way of cloud, but still, obviously, seeing that increase in humidity. So, still potentially uncomfortable, especially at night. Uh, and we might even see a little bit of fog around, uh, particularly overnight as well.
0: Okay. Thank you so much to Chris Burton of the Met Office uh, for bringing us that weather update and before we um, say thank you and goodbye we've got uh, a little comment on the University of Gibraltar from Malcolm
4: Increase in the number of courses and especially in climate change and uh, on marine environment and so on I'd just like to say uh, well done to the university and May it may it continue for a long time.
0: Thank you to to, to Malcolm for for calling that in, Doctor Desanayake. Music to your ears, I'm sure. Oh, not just myself,
4: the whole team at the university. Thank you very much for that comment.
0: <laughs> um, uh, very very short closing comment from you.
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, we we will welcome the public. Come, come, engage with the university. Come see what we're we're about. We, obviously, we've got a very small footprint. We do very niche programs, but come come up and and speak to us, and and we will open the our doors to the public. And you know, we want us we want to engage with the public, and 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 them with us, and and find out what we do.
0: Brilliant. Well, thank you for for joining us, and uh, I hope you managed to stay cool uh, for the remainder of this heat wave. And uh, thank you, Chris, for bringing us the good news that the the hottest point is is probably behind us. And we look forward to hearing if indeed July is the hottest July on record. Um, well, I suppose we'll know in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not long now. It's the nineteenth, isn't it? So uh, crazy know, how time flies. I know. I know. Um, right. Well, again, thank you, gents. Thank you for joining us. I've enjoyed it, and, and hopefully we'll have you back in the studio to, to talk weather and 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 heat wave and climate.